Chapter fourteen of Ruth Fielding of the Red Mill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonali Punja. Ruth Fielding of the Red Mill or Jasper Palo's Secret by Alice B. Emerson. Chapter fourteen. Just a matter of address. Well. I really believe Tommy Cameron, cried his sister Helen, when he overtook the girls and Reno, swinging the basket recklessly, that you are developing a love for low company. I don't see how you can bear to talk with that Jasper Pallow. I don't see how I can either, muttered Tom, and he was rather silent for him until they were well off the road and the incident at the bridge was some minutes behind them. But the day was such a glorious one, and the fields and woods were so beautiful that no healthy boy could long be gloomy. Besides, Tom Cameron had assured his sister that he thought Ruth Fielding just immense, and he was determined to give the girl of the Red Mill as pleasant a time as possible. He worked like a Trojan to gather buttercups, and after they had eaten the luncheon old Babbitt had put up for them, and it was the very nicest and daintiest luncheon that Ruth Fielding had ever tasted. He told the girls to remain seated on the flat stone he had found for them and weave the foundation for the pillow while he picked bushels upon bushels of buttercups. You will need a two-horse load anyway to have enough for a pillow of the size Nell has planned, he said, grinning. And perhaps she'll finish it if you help her, Ruth. She's always trying to do some big thing and falling down on it. That is not so, Master Saucebox, cried his sister. Tom went off laughing, and the two girls set to work on the great mass of buttercups they had already picked. They grew so large and were so dewy and golden that a more brilliant bed of colour one could scarce imagine than the pillow as it began to grow under the dexterous hands of Helen and Ruth. And being alone together now, they began to grow confidential. And how does the ogre treat you? asked Helen. I thought when I came this morning that you had been feeling badly. I am not very happy, admitted Ruth. It's that horrid ogre, cried Helen. It isn't right to call Uncle Jabez names, said Ruth quietly. He is greatly to be pitied, I do believe and just now particularly so you mean because of the loss of that cash box yes do you suppose there was much in it he told me that it contained every cent he had saved in all these years my cried helen then he must have lost a fortune he had been a miser for forty years so they say i do not know about that ruth pursued he is harsh and and he seems very selfish he he says i can go to school though well i should hope so cried helen but i don't know that i can go ruth continued shaking her head for pity's sake why not asked her friend then out came the story of the lost trunk nor could ruth keep back the tears as she told her friend about Uncle Jabez's cruelty. Oh, 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 
cried Helen, almost weeping herself. It's a mean, mean thing. No, I won't call him Ogre again. He isn't as good as an Ogre. I, I don't know what to call him. Calling him names won't bring back my trunk, Helen, sobbed Ruth. That's so. I, I'd make him pay for it. I'd make him get me dresses for those that were lost. Uncle is giving me a home. I suppose he will give me to wear all that he thinks I need. But I shall have to wear this dress to school, and it will soon not be fit to wear anywhere else. It's just too mean for anything, Ruth. I just wish... What Miss Cameron wished, she did not proceed to explain. She stopped and bit her lip, looking at her friend all the time and nodding. Ruth was busily wiping her eyes and did not notice the very wise expression on Helen's face. Look out! Here comes Tom, whispered Helen suddenly, and Ruth made a last dab at her eyes and put away her handkerchief in a hurry. Say, ain't you ever going to get that thing done? demanded Tom. Seems to me you haven't done anything at all since I was here last. The girls became very busy then and worked swiftly until the pillow was completed. By that time it was late afternoon, and they started homeward. Ruth separated from Helen and Tom at the main road and walked alone toward the Red Mill. She came to the bridge, which was at the corner of her uncle's farm, and climbed the stile, intending to follow the path up through the orchard to the rear of the house, the same path by which she and her friends had started on their little jaunt in the morning. The brook which ran into the river and bounded this lower end of Mr. Potter's place was screened by clumps of willows. Just beyond the first group of saplings, Ruth heard a rough voice say, And I tell you to get out. Go on the other side of the creek, Jasper Pallow, if you want a fish. That ain't my land, but this is. Ain't ye mighty brash, Jabe? demanded the snarling voice of Pallow, and Ruth knew the first speaker to be her uncle. Who are you to drive me away? The last time ye was at the mill, I lost something. I lost more than I can afford to lose, continued Uncle Jabez. I don't say ye took it. They tell me the flood took it, but I am going to know the right of it sometime, and if you know more about it than you ought, what are ye talking about, J. Potter? shrilled Pallow. I've lost money by you. Ye ain't never paid me for the last month I worked for ye. Ye paid yourself. Ye paid yourself, said Jabe tartly. And if ye stole once, ye would again. Now stop right there, Jabe Potter, cried Pallow, and Ruth knew that he had stepped closer to Mr. Potter and was speaking in a trembling rage. Don't you intimate and incinerate? For if ye do, I can fling out some incinerations likewise. Ye just open your mouth about me stealing and I'll put a flea in old man Cameron's ear. Ha! Ye know what I mean. Better have a care, Jay Potter. Better have a care. There was silence. 
Her uncle made no reply, and Ruth, fearing she would be seen, and not wishing to be thought an eavesdropper, although the conversation had so surprised and terrified her that she had not thought what she did before. The girl ran lightly up the hill, leaving the two old men to their wrangle. When Uncle Jabez came in to supper that evening, his scowl was heavier than usual, if that were possible, and he did not speak to either Ruth or Aunt Alvira all evening. End of chapter 14